Welcome back to another episode of On The Line. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about gut health, which is maybe something that people are a little embarrassed to talk about, which is why I'm so excited to do it. So let me introduce to you the Mac Twins. Is that what you guys go by? Yeah. 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 I'm sitting in a room with two people who look exactly the same. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think we look really similar? Um, Yeah. (laughs) Same faces. (laughs) You really do. We're getting, yeah. Our faces move in a different way. So when we're static... Apparently, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't know, but apparently, so we've been told. But you've got the yeah. same like voice and accent, and yeah. obviously, and yeah. like it's just—I mean, twins <laughs> always make me just very confused. We're weirdos. Twins are all twins are weirdos. But when we okay. see twin twins, we're like, oh my god, yeah, that's weird. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's fine. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, I would love you to tell me about yourselves before we get into the gut. Um, stuff. Um, so yeah, who are you guys? You're DJs. Yeah, so it's a bit of a random story. As, as do you want to do the tale or no? You go for it, sister. Okay. So we never want. Basically, the, the nutshell, short end of the story is that we never wanted to work together. I moved to London five years before Alana. We had very separate lives, um, and then we were headhunted by MTV. Um, How? Who, we were at a party and this and. Our friend's manager was like, have you ever thought about presenting? And we were like, well, we used to narrate the school plays. <laughs> um, and we kind of always wanted, uh, we kind of wanted to do it, but we didn't really particularly want to do it together. And we, were, we had our own things going on. So I was a dancer and I was a theatre producer. Um, and then they were like, oh, you can be backstage at every festival this summer. And we were like, sold. Because it was like MTV and Kiss were doing Verge magazine at the time. So we were like the first kind of faces of Verge magazine. And then we were like, we'll just do it for the summer and that'll be it. And then we got headhunted by the BBC. So we did the One Extra Breakfast show. Uh, and then we all sort of snowballed from there. And then we've our dad died, unfortunately. Um, so we moved back to Scotland to kind of down tools and was like, look, what what do we actually care about? Because um, he was in his 50s and he died of a heart attack really suddenly and I think the entertainment industry is great and fine um, but we we, uh, we kind of were like there's there's more to life than, than that. So we came back to London we got the Virgin Radio Saturday night show which was great so the DJ kept, DJing kept going uh, and then we did a show called Love Island. Um, Has anyone ever heard of that show? Yeah. <laughs> then nobody watches. I don't think anyone watches it. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> And then, so that side was all kind of taken off. But meanwhile, we were volunteering for twin research um, at King's College, which basically means you get, like, a free boopa test. You get, like, your body, you're, like, chief guinea pigs. Your body just gets tested for everything. So you just signed up for this randomly one day? Yeah. Our friend that, uh, our friend, well, it was actually our PR at the time was, she's a twin, and she was like, you should go and do it because it's great. And we we were, like, fascinated to find out physiologically what's different between us because um and I also I was going to do medicine at uni before I went to drama school and Alana was doing business and law so we kind of I have always had a sciencey background and kind of wanted to find out about it um and you do quite cool tests I mean it sounds like it's thing but you don't get paid for it or that it's like pure voluntary and then Tim Spector who heads up the research facility there he's like the father of the twins Faja. yeah it was like um do you guys want to have your guts analyzed and I was like mm. because I was always a stone heavier than Alana I didn't know why Alana had arthritis like basically our health paths were complete opposite in our life so we'd never had the same diseases um and we'd never had anything that was the same it was really weird and was this something you guys talked about like how different your health was yeah we sort of were just like but actually to be honest it wasn't until we started doing it that you kind of dig deep into that and you were like so I had like acne and Anna didn't Anna had arthritis when we were younger and the doctors couldn't understand why because it was meant to be genetic or viral and she didn't have a virus um but turns out 
it was down to her microbiome. So I had been on a course of antibiotics before and there was loads of different reasons. Anyway, we were like, sure, we'll have our guts analysed. And the Human Genome Project, this was might be the short, but we'll get into the gut. But mm-hmm. basically, the Human Genome Project just happened in the States where they realised that they could sequence DNA uh, and use big data to kind of make sweeping statements or guesswork on medical issues. And they realised that they could use that same technology to... Uh, kind of sequence the gut your gut bacteria and um, so we did this we had to send our poo off in the post every day for two months this is something that i you know people are telling me about sending poop in the mail yeah. and it's like how many packages are poop oh my god genuinely i was thinking that the other day because that'd be good that's that way oh you know you have to, to put, check that you have to put on it you know like a lot of time you've got to declare if it's like royal mail. that's what declare. i wondered yeah. wonder if people just lie but sometimes there's like whole poos and then there's just like a swab of a bit of poo on it so I guess the whole, like an entire poo would be, yeah, you'd probably have something. to say, like this has got a poo in it. Um, so many poo. Yeah, and then we questions. had to have colonoscopies. I want to um, know about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so basically just put a camera up your bum. Fine. Um, but it didn't take a tell bit us, of your, take yeah, a bit of your colon these, out. But oh, they do take a, like a biopsy? Does that yeah. hurt? Uh, sort of I think it was like a nip. It feels like a smear test. Smear test, yeah. In your bum. In your yeah. bum. But what in Tim your... didn't tell us was the doctor was really hot. Furious! I was furious. I was like lying there, and he's like, "So, do you live in Kentish Town?" Meanwhile, like literally, there's a big screen, and you can see. Oh, your bum. poo! Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, oh, you can actually see like poop. Yeah, 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 just floating okay. past, floating by. And you're like, cool, and he's talking you through it. Meanwhile, giving him chat about where he lives in the pub next to his thing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was like, dear lord. But this was about five years ago, before like it, the sort of gut health was coming into the mainstream, because they do a lot of medical science on twins because they're the best control. Because you know that you've got the same DNA. So they control everyone else. So they found out from our bodies that even though we had 100% the same DNA, we only had 30 to 40% the same microbiome. So that the bacteria in and around. And it's difficult when you say the word gut health because people are like, oh, what do you mean my beer belly? And you're like, or yes. yakal. Yes. Sort like, of. But basically when we say gut health, we actually mean like the bacteria in and around and all over our bodies, and it, which actually um, we have the same amount of bacteria. Well, I think it's 1.32 um, to every human cell, so we're just as much bacteria as we are human. But Wait, what? Uh, that's yeah, my, exactly. my brain already hurts. Exactly, overwhelming. Eh? When we first when we first found it out, we were like, "Oh God, oh, get off, wash me!" Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, the majority of that bacteria is housed within your gut, okay. and 90, that's why we ninety percent of it is good and does good things, breaks down hormones, secretes like stuff like amino amino acid. We won't get too sciencey, but um, basically, it's working for us, not against us. Bacteria. Um, anyway, so when we found this out, we were like. That's cool, but at the time it was quite like a middle class woo woo thing. Like the Guardian were talking about like kombucha, kefir, woohoo. Uh, and it was kind of like, and actually what we realised was that it was probably going to be the future of healthcare, which is what people are starting to realise now because the gut is linked to so many things. Um, so we did like a little YouTube series uh, interviewing some of the scientists. And the reason we called it the gut stuff is just because our pals were like, one minute we were at the Brits and the next minute we were doing that and we were like oh they were like why are you speaking to these scientists and we were like oh just that gut stuff and then we made a really shit website that Alana made a logo that she's still proud of but it was really shit um, <laughs> and we were just putting the scientific papers up we did a YouTube series and then six episodes turned into 36 episodes and we got like the top scientists in the world um, and you produced this all yourself or yeah we had like a videographer but it was just like us trekking up to Cambridge you know yep. like hi there could you talk to us about the microbiome and then we're like <laughs> why are two virgin radio DJs wanting to figure out this <laughs> anyway and then the kind of rest is history and yeah it's it's been quite a journey but it's good because we're we're, we're able to 
um, kind of take everyone on the journey with us because we are still learning, but we they still use our bodies for all the experiments as well. Oh right! So, so are you still pigs. doing the DJ stuff or yep, yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah just now we're doing both jobs full yeah, time, which, which is yeah quite. We're not something. we're not practicing what we preach in the way of self care. We're working holy moly. Days. Yeah, yeah, we turned eighteen actually, hour days. We, we actually turned, we went to like a gut health retreat because our staff were like kicking us out the door like please leave you have to leave um, we took over Old Street Tube Station actually it was near here um, and we did four gigs that week so we were flying in and out and then we went to this gut health retreat and I was like oh yeah our guts are going to be amazing cause... and then um, the, the room was like so your platelets are low uh, your white blood cells are low and your cortisol levels are through the roof like your immune system is absolutely short species when did you last have a day off and we were like Hmm, it was like five months before that like oh not even an afternoon God. off so we were like okay, and we're not what is what a day off I know hmm. well what does that mean does that mean laying on the couch for five hours like what does a day off mean I know I, I always struggle with that sort of like because I think you're always thinking if you're thinking yeah, about you work know, you're not a day off, off. yeah, yeah. Um, it probably is just not looking at emails Okay. And not doing any work at all. Right. Probably going to a yoga class uh-huh. and or going out with friends and then getting drunk. Is it? Yeah, getting mm-hmm. drunk. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And just not being near like not being near emails not or your doing phone. Serious things. Yes. Yeah. And just try not to think about it. And maybe just like binging on Netflix. Like my last day off I just binged sex education. God, that was a good thing. show. So I've good. not watched it yet. Oh you need <laughs> it's to really good. So good. Really good. So good. Okay, so what is the gut stuff? So you you did your YouTube series, yeah. you've got an Instagram and you talk about gut stuff, but what what do you do? So it's, it just was meant to be a bit of an awareness campaign and just re- making the... Because a lot of people that were talking about it, it was so complex. And, you know, a lot of t- people that were talking about it were in that field. So people were just switching off because they were like... Even the word microbiome, they were like... Bleh. I still Whereas, don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah, it was quite sensationalized as well. So people were like... So, like, obviously, the gut-brain access is a real thing. But a lot of the studies have been done on mice and we're still very in very early stages. But I think um, we, we had just set out to make the information fun and accessible and then just empower people with the knowledge and I think as soon as you know that this that, that your gut is important and it's linked to overall health like that just tiny bit of knowledge is empowering for people and then we sort of set out to um, do that in term in a fun way so we did it through live events at supper clubs and we took over Old Street Station and we're doing that around the UK doing road shows and then we then we everyone was like right okay that information's all good and well but how can I change my lifestyle and how did and for us like we are not wanting people to 360 180 their their lives it's about small changes yeah we still go out and I mean we're DJs yeah we're DJs Um, (laughs) and I think that's what resonated with a lot of people that we weren't just these angels that were coming in and sort of like um, and, and and then as we went on, and then we, we were, you know, partnering with brands and things to be able to, to give people the tools to do, to change their gut health. But also as well, like as we've been going on, like our mission is obviously to empower people with the knowledge of gut health, but health and wellness is a middle class luxury and it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be this woo woo, um, you know, expensive goop style um, luxury it should be it, people see health as just not being ill and they see wellness as this expensive mm-hmm. thing and I think they're, they're, they should be the same thing I think um, as well and it was about like ease of things so we have uh, we have like gut started boxes um, so we have like a product range and we have a um, thing so there's like that and then we've got a series of ebooks um coming out this year and then we have a services arm to the site so uh, the NHS 
is amazing but unfortunately GPs don't have to have even one hour of nutrition mm-hmm. so we've got a healthcare system built with that gap um, and one in three people in the UK have digestive issues and that's due to a number of things that's due to sanitising the hell out of everything mm-hmm. uh, processed foods that basically we've killed off 200 species of bacteria that we'll never get back that are they're important to us um, so anyway so we set up a free Ask a Nutritionist service on the site and we're building that out and working with um, dietitians to uh, build out the some clinical advice on the site not to replace the NHS but just to try and give people advice and we're we'll partnering with charities and stuff in order to do that and um, so it's kind of become like a bit of a beast in itself because we were the first consumer-led brand to talk about gut health. Obviously, there were small kombucha brands and um, things like that, but now we've yeah we've got a bit of a beast in our hands. <laughs> I think I think as well we can get a Love Island audience talking about the inside out rather than the outside in. Then job done in that sense, and thinking about that millennial audience in a preventative way rather than us all just thinking about our health when we get ill. Yeah. Do you think people care more like lately? Definitely. Absolutely. I think. I think. There was a big study came out last week that I was reading on the train here, actually, and it was um, basically that like 53% of millennials would rather spend money on their health than save money. Okay. Um, which is like a huge stat. And I can, I can resonate with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no savings over here. Overdraft. Um, but I think it's because it's almost impossible for our generation to have assets now in houses and cars and, and things like that. And I think that's, we are concentrating more like self-care, mm-hmm. um, not to be wanky in that sense. But experiences and feeling good. I think, you know, people just before, like um, our mum's generation would, you know, just get just get by in life. And I think we want to feel good and we want to be the sort of best versions of ourselves. Um, so I think, and and seemingly like 25% of young uni students now don't drink. I'm like, how do you make mistakes? Yeah. <laughs> how do you make <laughs> the mistakes? mistakes yeah. Make? So and like, they're like, yeah, they're not going, kids aren't going clubbing now, they're going to the gym. And I think there's definitely a balance to be had. I think we, we might be at risk of going too extreme with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you still got to have fun. and But I think we're just having different ways of, of finding fun. Like our friends on a Friday will all go to a spin class and then go to the pub. Right. Do you before, we would have just went to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think the landscape is changing for health and I think um, online has got a lot to do with that because we can get information at our fingertips. But there's a downside to that as well because there's a lot of cowboys out there that are giving people wrong information around pseudoscience and I think it became our job as well to work with the best scientists and nutritionists and dietitians to get the right word out there rather than just any word and throwing loads yeah. of shit at the wall. I mean there's really. so much out there. So let's just strip it back girls because yeah. we're we're throwing all words the info, out there. All the info. <laughs> like microbiome <laughs> and this and that. First of all, what is your gut? Is it your stomach? Is it like literally talk to me like I'm an idiot yeah. because I, I mean, really no, am. Th- oh no, that's <laughs> us. This was us. That's <laughs> us. It's basically everything from your mouth to your bumhole okay your mm-hmm. gut is mouth to bumhole mouth yeah. to bumhole yeah and then the large intestine is the biggest bit of that uh, where most of your microbiome lives so when we talk about the microbiome we're talking about bacteria yeast fungi uh, basically everything in there that isn't human cells so uh yeah there's which, a lot which, going which, on. before when we first started the research they thought that the bacteria outnumbered your human cells 10 to 1 um, but it's actually, it's the science is still ever-changing and they think it's about 1.32 now. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's changing all the time. But just to know that actually there's something that has the same ratio as human cells is, like, mind-blowing. And and why is this so important? What, why, do you, why do we need to care? Yeah, so it is the main gateway when you think about it. 
because it's kind of common sense. Like everything when we talk about it, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes like we didn't do. Um, we're not human biologists, like nobody knows, but kind of makes sense that that is from your mouth down there is the main gateway from the outside world inside. So what we are putting in our bodies, that's the main gateway, which kind of makes sense. Like also what you put in your skin affects it but it's like two liters in your whole life lifetime you know there was a big thing recently like you absorb 60 percent of your skin like your skin's meant to be a barrier so it's not that so actually your what you put in your mouth is is the gateway they think that most of your immune system is housed in your gut and um, they're also realizing that the vagus nerve which runs uh, from your brain to like, the neural connection between your brain and your gut uh, they thought that was a one-way system so you know when you get nervous you get butterflies um but they're realising that that's actually a two-way system. So if your gut's not functioning properly, that is sending signals back up to your brain. Um, and the gut lining is permeable, so it's only one cell thick. So you can get, if things are, if you've got leaky gut, which has been sort of sensationalised a bit, but is a real thing, um, there's a lot of, they're sending signals that are potentially can be inflammatory and stuff out into your blood, being like, there's a problem, there's a problem. Um, so... Yeah, it's super important when we could go on for days. But it's, and they've got links now to all, a lot of autoimmune diseases like arthritis, but also things like Parkinson's and um, obviously mental health is the big one that's been coming out recently. So it's linked to so many different things. And actually, it's just a lot of time like that sort of one in three people now have a digestive issue, whether it be IBS, IBD, Crohn's, and we're starting to hear a lot more about it. But a lot of these illnesses and digestive issues are really debilitating for people. I think, mm-hmm. you know, one in five people that have, have IBS don't go to work on, you know, on a, on certain days because of it. And that, you know, that's a big that epidemic. That was anything else. Employees would be cracking down at so you have epidemic. like you have like digestive issues which is a big issue within itself but then you also have this that gut health is linked to absolutely everything and you know when we first started this research we were like yeah but why does no one know about this and why does no one know before but I think it's because the science was, is still very new it's very personalised so if Lisa and I can't be sold the same thing then how can everyone be sold the same thing so how can you commercialise that mm-hmm. and you know what it's like I mean things come into public consciousness when people are making money out of them right Um. so there's a lot of different reasons why it um, a lot of people don't know about it yet, but it's a really exciting field and there's a lot of time and effort within science going into it. But it's complex, you know what I mean? Like I think that's, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions with even the word gut. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's not sexy. Mm-hmm. It's not. <laughs> but you guys are making sexy. it sexy. <laughs> <laughs> so before I ask any more questions, this is a call-in show. So let's let a member of the audience ask you guys something. Hello? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Estee. My name's Jillian. And my question is, when do you know or how do you know that you might need some gut health help? Like, when do you know something's wrong or when do you know when you might um, need to be taking something or eating something differently? Um, I work at a Trader Joe's, so I hear a lot of stuff from customers, um, co-workers. You know, they drink kombucha, they take supplements. Um, you know, I know sometimes that has to do with if you're um, on, like, a certain kind of diet. You know, if you're vegan or vegetarian, sometimes you're not getting the correct probiotics um, in your system. So sometimes you have to take supplements. But I'm not really sure if it's something that... Um, you know everyone needs or just people that are experiencing certain issues or have certain you know diets um love the show thanks so much so there is um we've got a list of symptoms and stuff on the site it's generally like people like a bit of bloating is normal um but if you're constantly bloated and in a lot of pain then there might be an issue there um you're meant to fart 14 times a day which say i that, didn't know say that again you're meant to fart, fart 14 times a day Wow! I don't yeah. think I do. I must do most of it. I must think. You know what you're thinking? I'm like, genuinely, I would admit to it if I did. But I was like, oh, um, so far and again, not an issue unless, uh, again, it's painful. Obviously, we're not. I'm trying not to be diagnostic here. So don't want to be diagnostic. But there's a list of symptoms on our site that if you've got also the Bristol stool chart. Have you heard of that before? No. Basically, it's uh, a list of poos, and um, it's got. Uh, they've got like it ranges from like one is like pop it's hard, like hard to pass, and then seven is. Like soft diarrhea, diarrhea, uh, and you're aiming for like a three or four. And if you're not regularly having like a three or four or middle, we explain all this on the site. Um, then there might be an issue. But I always say the main way, like if you go to your doctor, um, uh, and, and if you're in the states as well, it's a bit more different because obviously you have to pay for it. So you can get more personalised things than you can here, and you've probably got a bit more time. Um, but write down what you're eating, and if there's trigger things that are triggering with it, triggering it. Um, we've got a, a food diary. We're, we're bringing one out um, with some stickers of the Bristol Steel chart poo stickers guys don't say we're not good to it um, but yeah I think if you log all that you'll see if it's happening more often than not and obviously if it's debilitating you like you're not leaving the house or you're not going out then you have to speak to someone about it so it's stomach aches not yeah. farting enough cramps. or farting too much yeah. cramps and then poos that are like one two one or two uh, or five, six, seven on the Bristol Steel chart. So poo is really important here. Yeah. yeah. You need to be knowing what's going on. Exactly. And, and how many times a day or week are we? One a day. And and I hate using the word um, toxins because I actually met with one of the lead scientists, a guy from Julian Marchese at Imperial. And he was saying that, he was like explaining to me about bilasts and stuff the other day. But he was saying that you have to, like, this is why the fibre issue is massive. And we can get onto fibre in a minute. But um you have to bulk your stool so that you pass them. Because when you think about it, you have to get rid of those toxins. And I hate using the word toxins because detoxes don't exist. And I hate that word. Detoxes but don't exist? No, it's just nonsense. I want to talk about that. Mm. Yeah. All this stuff. And even like food intolerance tests, nonsense. Food intolerance um, tests yeah, are nonsense? Yeah, yeah. There's no scientific evidence behind a lot of these tests. 
And the only thing um, that can detox is your liver. Your liver. You've been built. That's what it's there for. So like detox teas, Nonsense. all this antioxidant stuff. It's just Mm-mm. what is we it? We spoke to all the scientists about it, and they were like, "It doesn't like your liver has been built to detoxify your system." So how do you keep your liver healthy? Um, not drinking <laughs> yeah no um, um, it does it, it will regenerate yourself it's the one organ that can regenerate itself but you should if you poo once a day it sort of makes sense you're getting all the stuff that your body doesn't want out of there so if you're keeping those toxins in it's probably not a good but thing so the poo stigma fascinates me because when we're babies our mums and dads talk about poo all the time like, I've got friends that have kids and it's like woohoo they pooed or oh they've got diarrhea oh. and then now and then uh, and then when you're kids, you love talking about poo. It's like that funny sort of thing in the playground. And then it's like, what age did we stop doing it? It's the only thing that we all do, apart from dying and eating, it, that we all do. But yet none of us talk about it. And actually, it makes sense that, you know, we can talk about food for as long as we want. And it's literally the byproduct of that. But we just don't talk about but it. But like what, you just go say to your husband and just have the best shit of my life? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love She's poo loved chat. Like, next like, I'm like, you know, those ones where you don't have to wipe? <laughs> or like you just wipe once they're my favourite but you know now that we've opened this can of worms like we get so many people come up to the gigs and stuff being like I haven't pooed for three days or do I do like let's open up a can of poo chat yeah I'm like come in chat to me chat to me so what about juice cleanses Ugh. pointless mm. I, I mean if well, someone's got scientific evidence behind a juice cleanse I would love to know but and as well I think it's the, very, the problem with juice cleanses and things like that is we're all lacking fat, having fi- enough fibre in our diet anyway. So I think on average, we get about, in Western society, we get about 17 grams of fibre per day. We should be having 32. So there is fibre in fruit and veg, but not as much as... as and well, also, there is. There's a lot in fruit and veg, but probably not the fruit and veg that you would use in these sort of smoothies. I mean, for me, I think if someone's going to have a smoothie or juice in the morning and that's up in their fruit and veg level crack on that can only be a good thing but I think only having juices and cleanses and like is dangerous and these skinny teas and detox teas and all that just basically laxatives. they're just putting laxatives in teas um, and people think they're being detoxed because they're shitting themselves yeah uh, and it's really dangerous and the, I mean that's a great a thing to tell the Love Island audience exactly yeah. no well, shade yeah. but exactly oh definitely absolutely. absolutely even like you go into Whole Foods stores here not Whole Foods but like um, like natural stores here and they're full of these teas yeah. and they're just it's so dangerous like the amount of strain that these teas are putting on gastroenterologists and our healthcare system because they're full of laxatives and then when you stop taking them you cannot poo um, it's just really dangerous and it's a dangerous message I think there's I think that there's especially with juices and stuff like the food is medicine thing can also be a dangerous message because not one food is going to cure everything it's just a really dangerous thing to say that this collection of foods can detox you or this collection of food can cleanse you it's just we get into really super shaky ground uh, when we do that it's really funny how like a certain fruit or something can be sensationalized to the point where I was in Brooklyn a couple weeks ago and literally saw 8 million people with huge bags of celery yeah Yeah. oh (laughs) this thing is utter nonsense the celery thing but it's because the Kardashians say everyone thinks it's gospel it's like come on guys who should we be listening to scientists or the Kardashians well why does no one want to be like listening to scientists is it is it this is is our thing the thing about science as well is that it takes a long time for things to get proven and the reason that a lot of supplements and stuff have got good regulations and are backed by science is because they can pay pharmaceutical companies can pay for the clinical trials no one is going to really do a clinical trial around celery juice to see if it works right (laughs) um i mean good luck to you if you are but 
they're expensive and um, foods like food like in terms of like food products have to go through a massive process with food claims um but for a singular food you're not going to really put that through a clinical trial so right. people can sort of say what they want um and 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 it's so personal like we break down like if lisa and i break down foods completely differently and what's good for us isn't necessarily good for what's good for me is like i my blood sugar spikes at bananas do you know what I mean? Where you think that would be healthy for you. So it's so personalised. And I think personalised nutrition will definitely come into play a lot over the next few years. So speaking um, of that everything is so personal, mm-hmm. well, how do you begin this? Mm-hmm. I actually have an audio note all about this. So let's get to the next caller. Hi, guys. It's Belle from Germany. I hope you're having a great day. Um, so my question would be, how do I find out what types of food are good for me and which ones aren't because I eat so many different foods during the day that at the end of the day, I don't even know what might've caused the bloating, you know, and I have the feeling that so many people always know, okay, so that's very good for me. That's bad for me. And I don't even know how to do that. So um, maybe you can tell me what the way to go is there. Thanks so much. So there is diagnostic tools to do that so you can um there's a study i think it's just in the uk at the minute called predict that we did that we were the first people to do where it actually measures your blood glucose spikes with different foods so you'll get a rough idea what's good and what's bad but not everyone can afford that it's not available to everyone is it a blood test or what um you've got we've got to do it for like two weeks you've got to take blood set four times a day um it's and intense. it's like a, it's a diabetes and monitor and the microbiome test so yeah, it's like so a it whole your stool and stuff it's like and that's like a proper like clinical trial that you can take part in um the food intolerance tests, I mean, if anyone knows of one that has got scientific evidence behind it, let me know. But there is no way unless you're eating that one food that it would be able to, that they would be able to detect it. We have to go through trials for two months in order to get a good reading. The, 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 the easy way to do it, as I said, is to write a food diary and log your trigger foods because some foods will give you a reaction after two hours. Some foods will give you a reaction after 24 hours. Um, and you'll get as well like as soon as you go and see a nutritionist or a dietitian or even your doctor they will go they'll tell you to go away and do a three-month food diary and you can get gluten intolerance tests uh, you can get tested for lactose intolerance um, and vitamin d and vitamin d deficiency but they uh, those tests are um you can get them done at your gp there's also other bodies like genova diagnostics that's that's worldwide they'll be able to tell you if you've got any viruses or pathogens and things like that but a very small proportion of us are, are celiac and for some reason loads of people are taking gluten out of their diet. The, 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 but the thing about gluten is it's not the, a lot of the time it's not the gluten that's bad for you, it's the processed flour and all the nonsense that they're putting in it. So that's what I would say is the first step would be to take loads of processed foods out of your diet because then you, if you're logging your foods, you know exactly what's in it. Whereas if you've got a bar full of emulsifiers and xanthan gum and whatever other nonsense they put in it, it's going to be very difficult to pinpoint what's triggering you in that because it's there's so many so much nonsense in it I think it's about tuning in as well I think like we don't really tune into our bodies unless we're hungover or we're ill do you yeah. know what I mean I think when you're ill mm-hmm. it's literally you're like I gotta start taking care of myself yeah. I'm dr- ginger and yeah. manuka honey and then yeah. literally the mm-hmm. minute I get sick I'm like McDonald's yeah exactly. yeah vodka <laughs> where's the vodka um, yeah and I think it's about tuning in and really thinking about and just um, you can you can you know by your poo 
Okay, and um, I have so many questions. It's I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so I think what you said about you go to the GP or whoever, mm-hmm. and they say do a three month food diary, and I think that's where so many of us are like, well, fuck this, yeah. because. Nobody Absolutely. really wants to put the work in. We're all looking for a quick, quick fix, fix. But what you're saying is there is no quick fix and you have to put your own personal work in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, I mean, if there was a magic bullet, someone would be making money off it by now. Right. And it just doesn't exist. There is, um, there's also, uh, there's a book called The Gut Makeover by Jeanette Hyde. Um, she's great. And if that kind of, you restrict everything. So we did it a couple of Januarys ago, like dairy. Um, and this is not a long-term thing. It's just for for. for for four weeks, but you ever like dairy, gluten, alcohol, fun, like literally, it was yeah. the most boring journey of my life. Um, but, and then you mm. reintroduce foods so you can see which ones trigger you. Um, and that, if anyone is keen and wants to do that for four weeks, uh, you do feel great, but it's not sustainable in any way. Please do not sit in it for longer than, than four weeks. Um, but yeah, you do just have to, to put the work in. You can go and see a nutritionist or a dietitian who will do tests on you. But even then, you can't be tested for... You'd have to eat that one food for a long time to figure out what it was doing to right. you. Um, and there's things that you can test inflammatory markers and stuff like that. But, uh, um, yeah, and we were like that when we first started. Like, there must be a magic bullet. There's, and supplementation's hard as well because probiotics... Well, that's... Don't even get into oh, yeah, that. That's okay, a whole yeah, separate question. Talk. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but can you get your gut... Like, can you get your Got analyzed. Analyzed? Yeah, you can get what we did. So there, there's commercial tests on the market. How? Um, there's lots of different companies that are doing it. What I would say is that a lot of them are great and you get a good reading. So you, they'll be able to say, like, this is how much variety of different bacteria you've got. So variety, because they don't know what a good microbiome looks like. Variety is good. They'll be able to tell you if you've got any pathogens or viruses in there. A lot of the commercial ones in the market won't. You have to go with some, like, Genova diagnosis for that. But... Um, and again, if anyone else knows of really detailed ones that you can get without having to do it through a clinician, let us know because um, we're always on the lookout for new ones. But remember, that's one reading. So it's one poo. We had to do that every day for two months in order to get a good, accurate reading. But, and they're expensive. Uh, and they haven't been through enough scientific evidence yet um, to show that they can give an exact specific reading for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've got the money, if you've got and you're the money then have a bash. Like loads of our pals have done it since we've said. Um, and you get quite a good reading and you know there's good diversity. You know there's there's one called Atlas Biomed that um, can give you like a probiotic uh, rating. But again, they have these companies have to have enough data like the Human Genome Project to compare as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's coming. We're about, I mean, we're about five years off personalised probiotics and stuff like that and sending your poo off and being able to get a really good reading. Um, but we're still early stages. But it's still early say. stages. So if you've got the money, have a bash. But... A food diet is a better way to do it because it's free. Okay. And we talked, spoke earlier about um, leaky gut. Yeah. So leaky gut, because I went, I've seen so many bloody nutritionists, it's like unreal, but I never actually do anything about it. I'm just yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And just keep <laughs> eating as yeah. normal. <laughs> but so leaky gut, from my understanding is when you have a, a tear or something in your gut where all of the toxins are being released into the bloodstream. Is this correct? Yeah. Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't not have to be a tear. It's just maybe like that the the permeability of it is, okay. isn't quite there. 
fine um, and it, it's sort of leaking out so but how do you know if you have leaky gut is that another test or it's symptoms led really fine um which is difficult and i think that's why you can't go to your doctor they won't say you've got leaky gut okay okay they, see. I, and it is a thing but the problem is is that a lot of people are um it's like take some dandelion root really it's just such nonsense and that's the difficult thing with something like that like actually biologically it can happen because the, the lining's only one cell thick, so it does make sense. And there's these, is it illithium? It's getting too sciencey. But like your villi basically are like that. I'm just doing like a little octopus here. I know this is a podcast. Um, and the, we've, again, got lots of information on the site about it. If you the want experts to that. talk about it, because we experts, aren't really there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got, as well, like we've, this is a problem with the internet, I think, as well, is that a lot of people can say leaky gut and we've got a cure for this if anyone's claiming to have a cure for leaky gut they don't have one uh, and we've got an advisory board of scientists we've got a team of nutritionists and dietitians and we have gps and stuff on all our panels and um you have to be so overly cautious with everything you put out there because it's people's health and it's like you said people are desperate they're looking for a magic bullet um, and, 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 and leaky gut could be be like misconstrued as IBS, IBD. You just don't. Mm. I mean, you could go to nutrition and say they've got leaky gut, and it actually could be something a bit more What's serious. I- or, IBD. IBD is so Irritable IBS is just disorder. yeah disease. Disease. So yeah. this IBS is just symptoms led, whereas IBD is an actual disease. Mm-hmm. Um, like IBS Crohn's. is just like Crohn's. Okay. Um, but yeah, we 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 are looking at more sort of branching out the site to be able to give people more advice when they have a clinical issue. Mm. Um, but it's difficult when they're not sitting in front of you. Or right. You yeah, you know. And c- say you have a lot of gut health problems, can you fix it? Yeah, Can absolutely. you become a new human again? You can. Yeah, we, um, so when we were doing the research, we changed our microbiome. Mine was like on the floor because I was like, had loads of antibiotics, drinking loads, bad diet. And the, as part of the research, they actually put us purely on processed diets. Um, and we managed to change it in two weeks, like drastically in two weeks. Hmm. Wow. Um, so that And that was the one good thing about the research. So we were obviously the first set of twins to have it done. Um, but they did it on like hundreds of other sets of twins after and realized the same thing. So two things was that ev- well, the first thing was that everyone was unique and they were like, okay, that's interesting because it's environmental and it's not your DNA. Uh, and secondly, because it's environmental, you can change it, um, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. And we have so many success stories in the site because we have like a free Ask Nutritionist service. So we get a lot of inbound queries. Um, and not all of them are negative. Like some of them are obviously really worrying. Like I hadn't left the house for three years. Um, but a lot of them are like, I've managed to heal my gut through... X, Y, and Z. But I think the difficult thing with the internet is that if you type heal your gut in, you'll get all sorts of woo-woo nonsense that comes up. And you can't necessarily hear it, heal it. It's like an ongoing thing. It's like, mm-hmm. my gut's not in good shape after a, on a Sunday morning after a Saturday night out. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But and I your think microbiome can change it and get worse and get better. Um, but at the minute, we don't, even saying worse and better, like we don't know what a good microbiome is yet. Right. Um, but the, yeah, the scientists are getting there. It's exciting. So it seems like the trick is... Do not eat processed foods. Yeah, yeah. that's I mean, the simplest thing. And variety is another key one, like another simple one that you can do because variety, it kind of makes sense. So there's a lot, there's a family of bugs in there essentially. And we kind of live in a generation of meal prep. And also just a, habitually, you're like, right, peppers, I know what to do with them, I'll get them. Um, but if you think should... of it like a rainforest, like your gut, like a rainforest, you should be feeding it 
the things in the rainforest, lots of different things, and they will all like diff- the same thing. Like all the bacteria don't like to eat the same thing. So right. Eat different things, and some of the bacteria, like we've got a new thing, one of the books where it's like we've got a job description for each of the bacteria. Some of them come out at night; they're on night shift, and they um, <laughs> like clean up everything that's been going on throughout the day. But and they all like to eat different things. But until we know what each bacteria do, and we're quite a few years years in research off from that. You're literally throwing shit at the wall. So if you eat, if you're eating a lot of variety of plant-based foods, yeah, um, like fruit and veg and nuts come into that as well. So they say like thirty a week, um, thirty different thirty kinds different of kinds. Yeah. It's I quite didn't a lot, even know there were thirty different I know, kinds. I know. So in in Western society, your average person will have access to fifty six different types of fruit and veg in their local supermarket. Mm-hmm. But that can be like almonds, cashews. Green pepper, red pepper, and c- different colours mean different things as well. Right. Um, so actually, like, I, that, I did exactly the same thing when we first started. I was like, 30? No way can I get that. We've got a veggie checklist as well on the site that you can download, and it's like a little challenge. This website seems like, like the Bible. It's it's sort took of. us a while to <laughs> populate it. Yeah. Um, you didn't just do that overnight? <laughs> I wish. Um, at least it's not got your rubbish logo on it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and but I, I sort of think like if you're having a soup, you've probably got six different vegetables in there, so right. it's easier than you think it is. And what about sugar? They don't Sugar's really not the devil. Yeah, they it's, don't really know. Well, yet. that's music to my ears. Yeah, yeah. they don't really know because we all process sugar in different ways. Um, so we yeah, processed sugar is probably not good for the, you. Yeah, yeah. So, but that kind of makes sense because the stuff that you're having your chocolate bars and stuff there isn't mm-hmm. like there's probably not good stuff in that either and they yeah. do emulsifiers and stuff in it to preserve the to preserve them um, but I think we have a we kind of demonise sugar a bit um, and in terms of gut health the evidence isn't there yet um, but I think it'll, it'll come I well, think again, it'll we've be got a another, lot of people we've got, we've got a couple of articles on sugar and wheat on the site mm-hmm. um, Megan Ross is uh, wrote them for us and she's great and we and we um there will be more studies coming out in terms of how that interacts with the bacteria but again alana and i spike at different that our blood glucose levels spike at different things mm. so it's difficult some some people can process probably sugar quite easily and others right. can't so well let's just talk about the subject and this is the reason why everybody's here including me probiotics <laughs> and prebiotics the minefield <laughs> so just to preface with what prebiotics and probiotics Thank are because i think people have probably heard of probiotics but they don't know what prebiotics are so probiotics are the good bacteria so probiotics are good bacteria and prebiotics are the food for the good bacteria so, and the bacteria is transient so it goes in and leaves so people would say yeah but like, all the studies that are coming out and everyone's like yeah but they don't stay in your gut they're not supposed to stay in your gut they're transient they go in they do their job they leave so they're renting and the prebiotics are the food so they've like bought fertilizers the they're, like, they're like the fertilizers the farm for the good. so in, in a way prebiotics is an easier message so you can get prebiotics and probiotics through both food and food supplements um, prebiotics foods include stuff like garlic, leeks. Um, there's a thing called prebiotic inulin, which is really good food for your good bacteria. They're found in like Jerusalem artichokes, right? Chicory, unripe bananas, bananas. So great green bananas, chicory. So the king and queens like Jerusalem artichokes and chicory. Um, and yeah, and then probiotics is like fermented foods. So kefir, kombucha, sauerkraut. Uh, sourdough is like the entry level. That's where we get our mum on. She's like, mum's like, makes me gag, all that stuff. Makes me gag. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then the supplementation, you can get prebiotic supplements, so things like inulin powder um, that you can add to your drinks and smoothies and things to up your inulin, so up the food for the good bacteria. And then you can also get, which is the minefield, um, probiotic supplements. 
So it's uh, Monday morning. I'm starting the week fresh, and I'm going to take my probiotic supplement. Is everything going to be okay now? <laughs> We wish. Um, so the thing about probiotic supplements is that you have to look at is it. People focus a lot on. Is it a liquid? Is it a pill? It's got a coating, so that means it's not surviving the subatomic wall. The thing that we have to focus on for now until the science catches up is the different strains. So the different strains in your probiotic do different things. So there's like people put in packaging one trillion billion squillion cultures. Yeah, I'm like a billion and trillion. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is um, yes, if you have lots of different strains in there and you might need one of them. That there's a logic to that, but it's not necessarily true. So the different there's different strains for different things. And what I would suggest you do is when you're buying a probiotic, very loosely, the expensive ones have probably been for the most clinical trials. There's a few brands that we work with that we know have been for them. So you sort of pay for what you get. But on saying that, there's a thing called PubMed, which isn't, unfortunately, to search pubs at London. But, <laughs> and you can put different strains of bacteria in there. So if you just look at your packaging and put the strain of bacteria in, you can see what clinical trials it's been through, the strain, not that particular product. Right. Um, we've got a full series on this on the site. And okay. it's like six videos long, and Alana and I explain the back of packages and the hierarchy of evidence. So there's a different hierarchy of evidence. So there's everything from like anecdotal evidence, that's someone just saying, right up to um, like randomised con- control trials and stuff like that. So it's getting a bit sciencey, but we explain it all on the site really simply and it helps you to read the package and to see which probiotics have been through what trials okay and and eating yogurt this is good, good yeah good live. make sure it's live yogurt if you if you can if you like the taste of kefir so kefir is just fermented yeah yogurt that's that's the best that's because the, best. It's got the widest range of different bacteria in it and okay. it's in loads of supermarkets now um it's really accessible and actually it's super cheap to make yourself so if you're vegan you take a supplement are the supplements vegan you can get water kefir um, oh really? Yeah. So it's kefir grains similar, but it, you just it's made with water. Interesting. Um, so it's different grains. Don't try and put your milk ones in water, so they'll die. <laughs> um, but uh, the thing about product supplement as well is that if you don't need that type of bacteria, you're wasting your money. It is a waste of money. But if you've got the money and you, again you want to flush out the wall like all the veg, uh, then then go for it. If it makes you feel better, carry on. Give it two weeks. If it's making you feel better, if it's not, then it's kind of common sense. Like, yeah. if you take it and it makes you feel better and you've got the money, go for gold. Okay. Um, like, I take it because I try and get all my food and veg in, but you know what it's like. We all live busy life. So if I can take my probiotic like in the morning, traveling. I know I've got a good start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, it'll be exciting times probiotics in the next three or four years. But yeah. for just now, it's, you know, it's like any medication when it first... Well, it's not... Well, probiotics are actually a food supplement. They aren't medical... Um, a medical product as yet but I think that will change I know you guys worked with one of my favorite skincare brands Galinae yeah yeah and that's a probiotic skincare, skincare. brand yeah yeah so that was cool so yeah the, so that's how I discovered you guys actually oh, is it? yeah oh. the thing about um the skin microbiome is that again the research is still quite new um but if you use probiotic skincare and it improves your skin then go for gold the right. evidence is still new yeah and we're actually speaking um with the owner of Galani yeah. in Barcelona at the Microbiome Conference. Oh, I think right. she's at that one. Or is it the one in Rotterdam? I don't know. I can't I remember. remember. She's awesome. Them. She's great. Yeah. And did you have Anjali Mato? On yes, and yeah, she said that it's all false. Yeah, I, I know. know. I know. So we always have... This is the thing with science. So we, have them together, so we have Anjali on panels. Yeah. And we talk about it. So we have to put everyone together. And we normally... It's like the raw milk or don't raw milk theory. Like, we just put both up and say here's the evidence for both or here's the argument for both decide for yourself exactly and that's what yeah. we've done with skincare as well because actually ev- everyone's going to be different and, and it a lot works of people for you. contacted us saying um 
look, I've started taking gallium, my uh, my eczema's gone or whatever. So it's difficult for us. But we do say on the site, yes, the science is new for this. If you buy it and it works for you, please go for gold. And that's why we did the collaboration um, with them, because we basically wanted to educate people around the microbiome in general. So exactly. that's why we did. So it's like, what have you got to lose on that if people are learning about the educating skin microbiome themselves. and educating about the gut microbiome whilst they're taking, I think... We're it's like a makeup brand, though. Do you know what I mean? If it works for you and it... Right. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And all I will bad. say is that the um, creator of Galanea is one smart cookie. She's amazing. And yeah. she's a microbiologist, so she yeah. knows what she's talking about. I want to get her on the show. Yeah, you should. She totally should. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting her on. I'm getting her on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of skin, um, I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, skin in relation to gut health and dairy and blah, blah, blah. And we actually have a question about that. Mm-hmm. Hello, my name is Joelle. I'm from Canada. So here's my situation i've been dealing with acne since i was 14 and i'm now 20 um i can say that i've tried everything i think uh i went on antibiotics i've tried natural skincare almost everything and my last resort was accutane so i did that and one year after my treatment my acne came back um so i've started doing a lot of research about gut health and how it can be linked to acne. A lot of people have had success with uh, changing their diet. So yeah, from what I've read, I should cut out sugar, gluten, and dairy. And the hard part for me is really cutting out sugar. I already don't consume refined sugars, but I put maple syrup in everything and I eat a lot of fruits. But apparently from what I've read, even natural sugars can cause inflammation. So, um, I've been doing that for a week now, incorporating more healthy fats and more protein into my diet, cutting out sugar and everything. And I can say that my skin is a little less inflamed, um, but I wanted to know what are your thoughts on the link between gut health and skin and acne. So thank you so much. Is there a relationship? Yeah, I mean, racketing, I feel you. I had that as well, but oof. Um, yes, and Anjali has got a lot of great articles about this. I would do her a disservice if I tried to. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but she does a lot of talks for us about skin and the microbiome. And yes, obviously, what you're putting in your body is going to affect your skin because that's and if you've got an allergic reaction um, or you've got if what you're eating is causing inflammation, then yes, and also your hormones are really produce a lot of your hormones are produced in your gut. So. Yes. And a lot of female acne is hormonal. Mm. Um, Um, It's difficult without knowing the person, and and it is personalised, but I would probably point you towards Angeli's thing, and we've got, again, articles on our site about it on things you can try. What I will say is there isn't a magic bullet of cutting something out Mm -hmm. or having other loads of fish oils in your diet and suddenly your skin's going to change. Right. Um, I mean, if if that happens for you, then... Woo-hoo. Great. Um, yeah, and the restrictive thing can be dangerous because you can restrict something. Like our cousin, uh, for example, uh, this is purely anecdotal, her eczema so bad, she started taking a probiotic and cut out dairy from her diet and her skin is absolutely perfect. Um, my boyfriend's the same. He has got skin like a rhino's husk and he claims that if he doesn't <laughs> if he doesn't have dairy, it improves. Literally, um, the amount of dudes who have told me that. Yeah, but yeah. Also, he never does it. He does it. He never does it. 
Also, just, to bear in mind, if she's been on, on antibiotics, that really affects your gut because it's basically like a nuclear bomb. And also, a lot of dairy now has antibiotics in it, especially with cow's milk from the supermarket. So, it could be the amount of antibiotics you're having right. through, through creating, dairy yeah. or it's creating... And the, the antibiotic problem. thing is really interesting to me. I was on a lot of antibiotics as a kid and it basically just fucks you for life. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing difficult with the difficult thing with antibiotics is they save lives. So right. you can't be like, don't take antibiotics because it's potentially dangerous. It's <laughs> yeah. the overuse of antibiotics. Yeah, that's... and it's, we've got, again on the site, we've got videos on this because there's new evidence to suggest that taking a probiotic with an antibiotic doesn't work because they can't colonize. Because if you think about it, antibiotics are like a nuclear bomb on the bacteria. They kill all of the bacteria, good and bad, which makes sense because they're trying to get rid of the bad things that are going on. But you have to repopulate that back. So your gut, you're just basically going back to square one after antibiotics. Mm. Um, again, we've got like loads of... But in, in a lot that, of countries, when you're given an antibiotic, you're actually given a probiotic for after. Um, like, uh, in, within yeah. your prescription um, but the overuse of antibiotics is is a thing like we've seen it everywhere mm-hmm. um, and, and antibiotic resistance and everything is scary um, and they're now used to treat C. difficile um, in hospitals faecal transplants um, so you basically get someone else's poo up your bum stop it yeah uh, <laughs> which repopulates yeah. your own you're getting a new microbiome in there um, but repopulates with lots of different types of bacteria um, so, um, <laughs> <Is it mind-blown laughs> <or not? laughs> I actually want to talk about the colonoscopy thing or, yeah. or, or whatever it is. Colonic. Colonic. That's, yeah. what, oh, it, that's yeah. what it is. No. Don't do it. Please do not do that. Because I'm like really ready to book that appointment. Yeah. No, I got, like, do you know what? I got one done when I was about 18. I'm not even sure why. I don't know where I got the money from. You know, you know I don't know why I've done this. Um, but. Uh, she said to me that my I'd had meat in there for seven months or something like that and she was obviously trying to get me to come back to go for more and I was like I'm a student I'm poor no um, but if you think about it you are scooshing all the good bacteria out as well so your stomach is then you feel quite good after it because you feel lighter because you've got no apparently you feel you. euphoric but I yeah, think you probably are going to because it's like anything it's like after a Bikram yoga class you just want to eat healthy true so yeah. for at least an that, hour yeah, yeah, yeah it's exactly. like a reset like so I think it's like that sort of thing rather than rather than it actually being yeah, good for you there is a lot of stuff online about um, like about that about because a lot of people like I mean I just don't I just wouldn't advocate it fine that's the long and short of mm-hmm. it but if you go, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to tell anyone not to do it, but yeah, you're flushing out the good stuff as well as the bad stuff. And your stomach needs to be able to function on its by own. itself, which is the same thing as T-tox teas and skinny teas and all that. If you're forcing your stomach to behave in a way an extreme with extreme measures, just you've got to let it sort of work out for, out for itself. Coffee enemas. <laughs> what do you think? Enemas. Well, drinking coffee through normal means, um, so Coffee is actually really high in polyphenols, which are good for your gut. Really? But also, coffee can irritate the gut lining. Okay. So, but caffeine, so coffee is good for your gut. Caffeine ain't so good. Now so, I'm confused. Yes. I know. So it's a balancing act. So for me, I'm like, well, they're, one's good, one's bad. I'm going to have coffee because I enjoy it. And well, that's the, th- I think that's that's my the thing about coffee is, or, or all of these things. I think with alcohol, 
we kind of we we we've got the ability to think critically about it. Like we all go, do you know what? I like the taste of it. It makes me make some questionable yeah. decisions, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so it's like you kind of weigh up the pros and cons with food. We all have a really binary relationship with food. Like this food is bad and this food is good, and I'm going to cut out sugar and coffee and everything. And it's like actually, if we thought more about food in general, like we do about alcohol, or like we do about Love Island, like I always see the same thing, like. People say Love Island's not a good representation of the UK, blah, blah, blah. Emmerdale is not a good representation of the UK. We're not expecting these young kids. They represent 0.001% of the population. They are Greek goddesses. Honestly, they all look incredible. I love the no show. One's saying, like, no one's expecting anyone to look like that. But what we're missing is a critical thinking piece in young people to go, do you know what? They probably have worked really hard to look like that and or they were born with it. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we need to have the same thing with food. There isn't a magic bullet. No food and just get away from food is good and bad type thing. Back to the coffee thing. What about the bulletproof coffee thing? Yeah, oh, yeah. Is that I tried like that. I tried that for a while. I quite enjoyed it, but I don't. I haven't seen much right. science on it. Um, but I quite liked it for a while, and then I just got bored. I just thought it made me buzzy too quickly. Right. So I was like, "Whoa! Should we all go vegan tomorrow?" I think vegan veganism. Um, I mean, it's, it's a, a whole big other uh, it's podcast. A episode. It, for me, I think it's based more around moral issues and health issues. Just also, now. meat isn't necessarily bad for your gut, and as we said, it's personalised. So some people have issues with red meat. Um, the one thing, the good thing to come from veganism, obviously, let's put aside the moral and ethical stuff, is that people are experimenting more with lots of different types of plant-based veg, mm-hmm. um, which is great for your microbiome because people are having more variety in their diet because people get into a bit of a rut of like right I just have chicken meat and, and, have and two veg and blah, blah, like meat and two veg um, but, <laughs> uh, but if you're having lots of different things and you're eating things like tofu and tempeh which is actually high in, uh, in uh, prebiotics as well is it prebiotics or probiotics for tempeh maybe it's probiotics. probiotics I think the hard thing with veganism is such an overhaul of life of your life um, and it's becoming a lot easier now for people to do, but a lot of people turned to veganism and found it difficult to socialise or go out for dinner, and then that causes stress, which is a completely d- new I, thing. I think but with all the restrictive things as well, like a lot of the products, in order to bulk them out, and the same with like breads, like gluten-free bread and all that sort of thing, they're putting other stuff in them to bulk them out that isn't necessarily good for you, like processed stuff. Fine. Um, I think I think it's like, you know... I do meat free man. I've definitely cut down the amount of mm-hmm. of dairy and meat that I eat, but I'm, I don't think I would ever go to the extreme of saying that I was a vegan. Um, and I think food cl- class classing people into categories is difficult as well. Um, but if you identify yeah. as that and you've got reasons for that, then I would like to, I would like to... to see more science on it. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'd like to see. Yeah, I think. I would like more people to be doing science behind, more science behind veganism. I'd be interested to know what that means. We are not vegans ourselves and we're not veggie either. Yeah. We're probably predominantly veggie, but um, yeah, I think it would be interesting to see how it plays out. This is out. kind of a random question, but what effect does smoking cigarettes have on your gut? Does that have any? I don't think they've got no, any. No, they do, but smoking is bad for the microbiome. Is mm. it? Uh, yeah. So I smoked from when I was 11 till I was 24. Really? Yeah. Whoa, 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 11. 11. I know. Oh, girl. Hello, Scotland. Working class Scotland, eh? Okay. Um, and then just sort of stopped randomly. Sort we'll of thing. Fi- we'll but find out. We should yeah. ask. We'll ask a scientist that, actually, and see what evidence. I'd quite what, like to know. Just to keep my own curiosity. Yeah. 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 Because, because I was talking to somebody about smoking cigarettes and how it can cause anxiety. 
Oh, really? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so I just wonder if it has any correlation. Yeah. But we'll I, find it. I would like to talk about, as the last point, mental health in relation to the guts. Mm-hmm. So I have heard that if you are, are having gut health problems, it can actually cause depression. Yeah. Is this true? And, and fatigue and this whole thing? Like... I'm yeah. tired, man. Yeah, yeah. Brain fog is yeah. real. I know. It's, it's yes. difficult. I mean, the it, answer is yes, yeah. but it's new. Um, Kimberly Wilson is amazing. She's, she's at Food and Psych on Instagram. Get her on this. She's Get her yeah. on this. She okay. is a queen. Okay. And she is a psychologist, um, but she also works in food. She was also on the Great British Bake Off. True story. Wow. Um, but she talks about this amazingly and it's this kind of perpetual cycle of even as well so there's the kind of actual physical thing like we're talking about the vagus nerve so we've now realised the two way system so um, they're realising that not only, not only is the motorway there's a motorway down and up but there's like 10 different pathways on that motorway um, so there's a lot of signals flying up and down there um, and they can go both ways so biologically it's legit also when you think about it psychologically if you're stressed and you're restricting your what you're eating, then that's going to have effect on your gut. Then your gut, so it's like a perpetual cycle that needs to be broken at some point. Um, D- difficult message though, because you can't just tell someone with depression or anxiety to, to have eat a bit better, sauerkraut right. and they'll feel better. Right, right, right. It's so multifactorial. Behavior and lifestyle is a huge part to play, and also where you live in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, some things that you can help, some things that you can't help. So I think we're a long way off. The, the correlation is there. Uh, right. The science points to it, but I think we're a long way off being able to say that we can help help mental think, health. And there, but there's a lot of things coming out, a lot of them have been done on mice, but there is some on humans where they've taken two groups of respondents and given one a probiotic and given and done yoga with the other, for example. And there's studies that are, we can point anyone that wants to them. Um, but it's still small groups of people. It's m- Mental health is multifactorial, mm. so there's lots of different things at play. What I would say is there's a, there is a direct link between stress and the microbiome. Mm-hmm. So th- that can directly affect... Uh, what's going on in your gut and that anecdotally i think we all sort of know that right um and i, I think that's just more your reason to do things like yoga and practice mindfulness and at, it's so easy saying to people that live in big cities or wherever is going just be less stressed man and you're like get away um but i think namaste, just knowing my friends yeah namaste i think just knowing that there's a link sometimes helps Fine. um and that you can that one can help the other and but yeah kimberly wilson is Go and look at her. She's okay. great. She talks On about it. it. She talks about if you want to get really sciencey, um, she's amazing. Okay. One thing I will say that a nutritionist told me is that the fatigue comes from if your body is like t- trying to process all these foods that are you know really tough to work and you know you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Your body can actually get tired from processing the foods that are bad for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Like the fight or flight thing. Do you want to? That was. That yeah, I was, was just going to go into. So that. like when we were cavemen, we would. Uh, we would go and kill something and you'd be full adrenaline and drag it back to the cave. By the time you go back to the cave, your sympathetic system um, as it was down and your body's like, okay, I'm ready for food. And then you eat your buffalo or whatever it is that you'd think. But now we live in a world where we're constantly switched on. So constantly we've got adrenaline and cortisol pumping through our bodies. So it's pumping through trying to get us through everyday life because it's in fight mode and not in digestion mode. And that kind of makes mm. sense that the blood's not there, your body's thinking about something else, it's yeah. not digesting, we're eating sandwiches on the go, we're Literally. doing this, we're doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so again, again, that's kind of common sense, but there is science to suggest that that's, that's why. It just reminded me of literally downing a falafel wrap on the way here, yeah. Yeah. walking up the I stairs. Know, I know, yeah. I know. And you're also meant to chew your food 
30 times yeah. one bit I mean just almost impossible I'm like a hoover but <laughs> same um, we should be consciously trying to eat better in terms of sitting down and actually thinking about it and actually it just makes you feel fuller for longer and, and you know there's a lot your body, of right, I'm ready to eat kick in pal go on digestive system and as well if you're chewing loads your body's like right okay I know what I'm yeah, you mentioned the caveman thing. Should we all be doing the caveman diet or no. whatever? I mean, that's paleo, I mean yeah, all paleo. these diets is like <sighs> we shouldn't. I mean, that, when we say diet, I think the the word diet's um, difficult. Yes, and it, and it suggests paleo. restriction. And I just yeah. think we should be thinking about adding things rather than taking it away. And actually, p- personalization is. They say that the 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 most general diet we should all be trying to follow is the Mediterranean diet. Okay, um, so that's like. But when Fish, we say diet, veg, we don't mean diet and yeah. restrictive. We mean like that mediterranean lifestyle. So, so what I'm hearing is this: we Play need to <laughs> eat more fruit and vegetables. Right. We yep. need to have a more balanced diet of all different types of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you mess up and get wasted on a Saturday night. Who cares? We can revisit this yeah. on Sunday, and exactly. everything's going to be fine. Yeah. So, what are just like simple everyday things people can do if they're listening to this and they're thinking, you know what, I want to get my shit together and I want to get my microbiome on check on fleek on fleek. <laughs> so. Um, Fiber. Fiber is a big one. Fiber is a big key thing that we're not all getting enough of. Where do we get fiber? So you get fiber from things like lots of veg. Fruit and veg. Yeah, fruit and veg. Um, Yeah, like any, again, like wholemeal stuff, we've got a list on the site. So fiber has two um, uses. It's got two jobs. So it bulks your stool, makes your stool bigger, easier to pass. Um, Bigger means better when it comes to poop. Well, it just bulks out so that you're able to pass it. Do you know what I mean? It's not oh, going to chill in there for ages. I do you know what I mean? Although, yeah, I mean, a lot of not like the whole. <laughs> um, but also, fibre feeds the good bacteria. In okay. Your gut. So it's got a double, double, double whammy. It's just great. We don't, we're all fibre starved. Because of the, um, like Atkins diet and low carb bullshit. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, what I, that's the easiest swing. And then also like the sanitization of stuff like, Go and play in the, let your kids play in the mud, kiss your dog. Um, like, I think we've, yeah, as I said before, there's 200 species of bacteria we'll never get back. Please don't be afraid. A lot of bacteria is good. Like, I've had E. coli. I've been in intensive care with E. coli. For real? For two weeks, yeah. And my body was trying to fight it off, and I am still not scared of bacteria. So it's, yeah. I don't know how I got it, but anyway. Um, I'd say try fermented foods. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying go and just have loads and loads of sourdough because actually the thing is if you have a digestive issue and everyone starts slowly on the fermented foods one because or of the fiber taste and fiber, and fiber um, just because your body can't cope with it I think you know like we all hear these things and then we go out and we have 10 bowls of cereal yeah. and, or the good type of cereal and have a big jar of sauerkraut and our tummies just go no thank you mm-hmm. well th- can I just say one thing about this I saw a nutritionist and I was telling her my stomach actually gets upset if I eat a salad and she was like that makes total sense to me because you've been raised on fast food and like a lot of processed yeah. stuff so when your body gets this like lettuce in your stomach it's like whoa, whoa what's that yeah, yeah. and raw food is di- more difficult to digest so right. some nutritionists will say that there is some people that say no raw after four so don't have any raw foods no after. raw after four yeah. well but i have it and i'm fine yeah. it just okay. figure out what works for you if i'd say like yeah it's like not this thing i think oh for so many years we've all done this but like overhaul of things like detox and just go mental and i just think slowly but surely small changes small lifestyle changes yeah. it's sustainable and also your body will be able to cope with it we've better. talked about i think we've talked about pretty much everything else apart from fasting 
So okay. There's a lot of evidence to suggest that intermittent fasting can improve your gut health. And people don't of, eat until like one in the afternoon and stuff like yeah. that. It's yeah. a really difficult message for us because uh, the majority of our audience is 16, 25 year old girls and telling girls not to eat or telling anyone not to eat, dangerous message. Which, but um, so a lot of people, there is evidence there is a scientific evidence, like Michael Mosley talks about it a lot. If you want to look at anyone, then he's a good guy t- to look at about it. And um, to suggest that if you're resting your gut, all the bacteria and different bits and bobs, like I was saying about the jobs, um, are able to do their jobs if your body is not constantly in digestion. But that stuff. can be easy. It can be, you know, stopping eating at 10 p.m. and not eating again until 10 a.m. Do you know what I mean? Just 12 mm. hours. I mean, and you're, you're sleeping majority of that. Easy so peasy. apparently, like 16 hours is the optimum. Okay. Um, but if you can get 12 hours in, like I get hangry. I want to confess for days, but I'm like, no. Um, And water. Is that very crucial? Yeah, hydrate. Hydrate. Especially if you're up in your fibre. Even tap water, London tap water. Well, this is a whole new issue. Because we have like, we have like, so like, we actually get asked that a lot. And one of the scientists said, no, the good, keep drinking tap water because there's actually minerals in there that help us. And then, and your body will filter out the bad stuff anyway. And then we have one that said that we should all go filter water. So I actually don't know about that. I I have filtered water. And I mean, there is a lot of evidence to show that London tap water ain't that good. Right. Like, apparently it's got lots of, this is not scary, but apparently it's got lots of the pill and cocaine in it. That's what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> but if I can get a little and... dose of coke in the morning. <laughs> exactly. Woohoo. That'll be the goal. You don't need your bullet. That'll be the goal. And, and also steroids, I think, are in it because oh, a lot of people oh, and estrogen and um, ugh, I mean, and, and, and then we breathe air. Like I, we, we yeah, just think of the pollution hard. we have in London. It's like birth control, um, birth control, hormones, the, hormones. Still new. Yeah, still a new field. A lot of the, a lot of the science that's coming out about hormones is to do with the menopause. Which kind of makes sense, right? Um, but I, I didn't have, I don't have hormonal contraception because it makes me mad, um, and I feel out of control with it. So, you, have you heard of uh, We Are Moody? It's like no. a hormone app. Oh, you need they to get her on as well. She's yeah. really good. Also, I think logging your. So I like log my periods, and this is another thing to do with the symptoms. And um, in lots of different apps, I use one called Flow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a little feather. Uh, I don't know why they always try to make these things really feminine. It's like who cares? Um, <laughs> But uh, it's quite good because my diff- different is my cycle, my digestion changes. So like I become really constipated just before my period, and I or you have hungry, you crave chocolate. Like when yeah. I'm dream- the week of my period, I'm like, give me chocolate. Right oh now. my god, I, I know. wake yeah. up dreaming of chocolate. <sighs> yeah, same. Nutella on the jar. <laughs> so I'm going to be writing everything down. I'm literally going to be like 15 cookies, <laughs> yeah, half a brick yeah. of cheese, just yeah, write it all lie. down. Yeah, yeah I'm not used to lie. On <laughs> even we're at the hospital, I used to lie, and then Tim used to be like, Lisa, you're hooked up to four scientists at any one time like we know you've had eight Proseccos and I'm like <laughs> okay I like, how much can what? these girls drink yeah exactly like, yeah, we're a lot is the answer. a lot um, but yeah. there's quite a lot of apps now to log foods which make it easier right yeah. you can scan them and yeah. all that sort of thing or we'll have like a workbook ebook out in the next month or so that everyone can download and add in okay well this has been honestly I've been looking forward to this for so oh. long where can people find you guys and learn because I'm literally about to go home and watch like all the videos <laughs> hey, sorry you're have to see our faces for like apologies <laughs> um at the gut stuff uh, and just the gut stuff.com and then we're just at the mac twins all right if thank you, you want to see us the nonsense that we put up on the mac twins yeah. one. Mac twins dj world gut stuff for tubbies i want to come see you guys dj oh my god you're more than welcome i like to party you yeah. are more than welcome we'll have, com- we'll have kombucha cocktails okay you can watch there's DJ. booze in that <laughs> yeah i'll be there general yeah. vodka <laughs> yeah. thank you guys 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.